in this episode of Green Grass and High Tides, I'm going to be talking all about cheese. And it's one of my favourite cheeses, it's Brie. We're going to move on to a little bit about matching that with a good wine as well. Um, And the whole podcast episode is in association with 44foods.com. They partner with UK producers who are passionate about the fantastic food they create, whether that's fresh fish from the Cornish coast or prime Scottish beef. They take that passion for delicious food and deliver it with care, direct to your door. So that's 44foods.com. So Brie, this is actually a uh, obviously a, a French cheese, well known, but in the UK we produce some fantastic brie and cheeses like camembert which are basically semi-soft ripened cheeses i'm going to talk a little bit about how they're produced and then also about how to serve them and the flavors the one i've got in front of me today is by simon weaver it's a cotswold organic brie described as being smooth and creamy brie style cheese which has got a very good gentle rounded flavor and i particularly love the fact that this one is organic what that means is obviously it's um, produced using organic milk in a clover-rich set of fields in the Cotswolds, which gives it a very sort of light, fresh, flavoursome taste. It's very much a cheese which I think you want to take your time to serve. It's obviously a little bit more expensive than just buying, you know, a cheap mass-produced cheddar or something. So let it come up to temperature. I've deliberately got this one here out of the fridge, ready to warm up, just or chambre, as the French say, so bring it up to room temperature. And equally next to it, I've got a wonderful looking bottle of Sharpham English wine. It's a Pinot Noir Rosé. So Sharpham is in South Devon. It's a vineyard that I've visited a few years ago. Talk a little bit about that and we're going to taste this wine that I've chosen to go with the Brie. But first of all, how is Brie made? Okay, so basically... You know, creating a a ripened cheese, which is something like a camembert or like this brie style cheese, it requires a lot more attention than soft cheeses, which can be relatively easy to make at home. The reason is because they require more techniques, but also it's the delicate moulds that give the cheeses their distinctive flavour and appearance. To produce them, it's all about uh, patience and obviously a French style cheese like this has got a very very thin fuzzy white bloom a sort of a creamy texture and a really gorgeous buttery taste so the key here is that actually the very mild almost almost mushroom flavor that you get a pleasant tang to a cheese like this brie comes from obviously the cow's milk and in this case we've got a clover rich set of fields that are the result of grazing on the meadows of the river uh, dickler that is going to contribute to the quality the tang of the good milk but it's also from the growth of probably in this case penicillin uh, candidum which is a bacteria that forms a white velvety rind and it's available to try and you know make your own cheeses at home from sort of freeze-dried sachets and if you're using those you need to rehydrate them the day before you make your cheese and what it does it releases enzymes that are needed for flavor and successful ripening so the the rough process and i have made a brie style cheese previously i do remember at the time actually i was filming a series called the hungry sailors with my dad and we were traveling over in the channel islands doing some filming in a, a pilot cutter which is a gorgeous big wooden boat and i'd left my heavily pregnant wife looking after my cheese at home as it was ripening in um, in a little cheese safe and it was quite stressful for her because she was having to constantly turn the cheeses and keep an eye on them whilst also hoping i'd be back in time before she went into labor so anyway very much personal memories of making a brie style cheese so what you need to do essentially is go through the sort of the usual process with a lot of cheese which is 
heating the milk up, adding starter and the mould, and then covering and keeping a constant temperature while the cultures develop. And then you can you know, add your calcium chloride and rennet and leave the curds to break cleanly. You're then cutting them, stirring them, and then basically remove some of the whey and adding some salt. And then to make a cheese like this one here I've got in front of me, it's a nice small almost um i could probably eat this in one go it's 240 grams but same same method for for sort of a, a larger one like a sort of a 20 centimeters or a small individuals you basically put them in circular molds that are specially designed for this brie or camembert style cheese so that they drain easily at room temperature then you're placing the mold on a draining rack ladle in the curds and leave it to to do its thing the the cheese then becomes firm enough to turn over and you leave it to drain again and you keep doing this until you move on to the ripening stage, which is where you get this incredible flavor in a good cheese. So I used to use like a, a ripening box, but basically it's a bit of high humidity around 85, 90%. And then and what you're trying to do is keep the ripening box in the refrigerator, turn it daily. And after about six to 12 days, you should have an almost entirely covered in mold little cheese. And then obviously it's fully covered. It's ready to be wrapped and, and then left in the refrigerator to mature. So Making a cheese is a scientific activity. I think there's a great quote about the science involved in cheese making is, you know, it's a very particular, quite geeky way of, of working with a raw ingredient. But I have huge respect for people who do this professionally. And when you look at the quality of this one I've got in front of me here, so it's a Cotswold Brie, it's stunning. I can't wait to cook with it in a bit. And I'm going to talk about flavours next. Obviously, storing cheese... You, you want to keep it in the fridge. It can be, as we all know, left to ripen and develop more pungent flavours. There's nothing better than a really, you know, very ripe brie. But the other thing you can do as well in the in sort of production process is also soak cheeses in apple brandy, you know, dress them in, in a cider or something. And that almost washed cheese rind is something as well that I think is gaining in popularity. So the brie itself, obviously, when it comes to thinking about how to cook or serve it, a cheese board and the purists out there will recognize that when you've got a fantastic brie you don't need to do much to it my personal take on how to serve brie is obviously bring it up to temperature nobody wants a cold brie because the flavors and all those volatile compounds and and sort of subtle nuances of a good cheese need a little warmth to really you know get on your taste buds and and release their aroma so bring it up to temperature i think that a good chutney, figs, fruit, some acidity really goes well with this very buttery, rich, fairly indulgent cheese. The notion of having some texture, some crunch, this why celery and crisp apple is so great with um, with a soft cheese, I think is really important. Building cheese boards is an absolute art, you know, like I think always consider the use of fruit, nut, preserves, crackers, breads, colour as well. Don't be shy of putting unusual ingredients in there that just make the, the cheese board really pop when you're looking at it. And then the other thing is obviously with a brie, it's fantastic ability to be cooked with. So with brie's personally, like I think the the notion of baking them by, you know, popping in a few sprigs of rosemary, some little slithers of garlic, and then roasting them in the oven, that works phenomenally for just almost developing more umami flavour and a a contrast to dip in a crunchy bit of ciabatta or a nice baguette. The other thing is using it very much with a slight sweet and savoury and this is the recipe I'm going to do later is using phyllo pastry, uh, figs, honey, thyme and some sea salt just to really play with the fact that 
it almost borders on a cheese that you can approach as a dessert or a starter. And I love that space in between where good cheese can double up as, as both with just ultimate satisfaction, that hit of sweetness, creaminess, but also a wonderful, complex, savoury flavour. So I think other favourite recipes and ways of using brie, I think obviously there's festive Christmas cranberry, amazing orange, port, you know, really heavy flavours to complement the sort of the lightness of the taste of a good brie. This one here, I've chosen today to pair it with a rosé, and that's because the recipe that we're going to go for is very much perfumed almost with that fig sweetness uh, the use of thyme which is such a lovely aromatic herb works so well with this cheese so what i've chosen from 44 foods is a as a sharpen pinot noir rosé i'll read what it says on the back here we've got sharpen have been proudly producing excellent wines for over 30 years and they consistently win national and international awards I've visited the vineyard. They are a, a wonderful location, gorgeous vineyard just on the River Dart, Dart Valley. This one, the Pinot Noir Rosé, is a refreshing rosé with a blend of fruit harvested over two years from both of their Dart Valley vineyard sites. So it's a well-balanced wine, uh, red fruit driven and easy drinking, either on its own or alongside food. So let's just get this open. We've got wonderful colour to it. They're part of the Devon Food and Drink team as well. It's vegan. It's gorgeous colour. Um, slightly almost amber rosé. Hints of orange in there. Legs on it look lovely. Tilting the glass. You can see it runs down. It's got a nice sort of oily sheen to it. It's. Uh, I think with a good rosé, you always get these sort of floral notes of like things like cherry blossom. And I think it's probably based on that experience of having visited this vineyard. But... It's just a wonderful location. Rolling hills that come up from the river. Wow. Okay. So this wine, for me, it's light. You've got a crispness, which is not astringent. Sometimes you get wines which leave you with that lip puckering, you know, like noise, which is they're just either dry or too... Ah, oh, how would you describe it? I suppose too complex for their own good. Whereas something like this, for me... It's got a lovely sort of uh, fruitiness, which is not overpowering. It's just beautiful on a warm day that we're in now when I'm recording this. But I think that it's going to work wonderfully with the idea of fig and thyme. There's a ever so sort of subtle, almost like meaty depth to the flavour, which is, again, coming from these red grapes. And I think that Sharpham have been doing cheese and wine together for a long time, so they know what works. And I think today when we go in and cook with the, the Simon Weaver Brie, it's going to be the perfect accompaniment. Heavily recommend it. I'm going to have another sip. Cheers. Mm. So in terms of cooking with Brie, serving it, you've got to get a good wine pairing. You can't beat a lovely rosé with the dish that I'm going to be working with. The dish itself could be adapted in many different ways, but the notion of cooking with brie, it's it really melts well. I think everyone knows from those you know baked wheels of brie that you then dip you know, bread and crackers in. It's a lovely sharing type of cheese. But I think also don't be afraid of trying to build brie into your daily lunch you know the idea of making lovely salads where you just dice it up and gently toss it through with some crunchy radicchio or like a, a bitter endive something that's really got some texture 
to complement the soft soft nature of this uh, sort of ripened um, soft cheese or semi soft cheese. So I think be brave, be adventurous with it. I'm going to move into the kitchen and just show you how to sort of cook a real classic combination, just like lovely little phyllo pastry parcels stuffed with organic Cotswold brie, baked figs, honey, thyme and sea salt. Okay, this recipe is really quick and easy to prepare, but don't tell your guests because it looks and tastes more complex than you might think. Um, what you'll need is some phyllo pastry, a little bit of thyme, the brie, which I've got this lovely organic brie from the Cotswolds, some figs, honey, and then a little bit of butter. So preheat your oven to 200 degrees centigrade, um, and then make sure you've got your brie out well in advance, just so it comes up to temperature. This is partly so as a chef, you get the chef's perks and you get to taste it. Um, open up the brie just to have a look at it. And meanwhile, while you're preparing this, make sure that your wine is chilling so it's nice and cold. Um, this brie, as we talked about earlier, is just sort of a, a ripened, semi-soft brie. Um, it's made in the Cotswolds um, with organic milk. So it looks wonderful it's a decent size sort of cheese that you could bake in the oven and it would probably serve one hungry person or two if you're being polite um, so to prepare this now I've got the phyllo pastry um, which I like to brush with a bit of butter so I've got some salted butter take 50 grams of that and just melt it in a pan we're going to use that to brush the inside of some muffin cases which is what I use to make these parcels um, I've also got thyme just thyme leaves from the garden so you want to get rid of the woody part just strip that off so you've got some nice leaves this uh, works incredibly well with a brie um, because it has got that aromatic quality that cuts through the creamy sort of velvety richness of a, a good brie like this so thyme is fantastic if you don't have any thyme you could try this recipe with some rosemary as well generally when I'm cooking um, with a creamy rich cheese like this I would go for the slightly um, harder Mediterranean herbs like um, thyme, rosemary, um, looking at sage even as an option but very much something that can handle the heat. It's going to be in the oven for about 10 minutes uh, which is also just enough time for the figs to cook and melt in there with the gooeyness of the brie as we bake it. So just roughly chop your thyme leaves and then prepare your figs. Got these from 44 Foods as well. Beautiful figs. I'm going to slice them just into quarters. And they are perfectly ripe, which is going to make this dish fantastic. Um, again, if you want to introduce some other fruit and you want to try this as a Christmas canapé sort of special, then some fresh cranberries would work really well. Um, the butter is just starting to melt. I'm now going to dice up this cheese and have a little taste as well. So this is chambrade, which is where it's come up to room temperature. Mm. Really gorgeous flavours to it. The um, Simon Weaver um, dairy up on the Cotswolds use a lot of clover fields and organic sort of grass-fed pasture so you start off with a very very good quality milk but the cheese making process they've really nailed 
um, and I think that this is one of the best brees I've tasted. There's some great other British brie type cheeses that are being produced at the moment. You've got some fantastic ones down here in Cornwall. Um, pretty much anywhere where you get a good amount of sunshine and lots of rainfall means you get good grass, which means you get good cheese, good dairy sort of product. So I'm roughly dicing about half of the block because I want to save some for a cheese board later this evening. Um, we've got our thyme, which I'm now just sprinkling over the brie. So this is just making sure that all of that gorgeous brie is coated in freshly chopped thyme. I've also got some uh, black bee honey, so it's a British honey. Um, again, full of all sorts of aromas that's gonna work wonderfully with the Pinot Noir Rosé that we're gonna serve with this. So I'm gonna clear down a little bit and we're gonna then chop the phyllo pastry into fairly uniform squares. Uh, that I can then layer into the muffin cases. Okay, so you want to chop your phyllo into a grid and each square of pastry wants to be about 10 centimeters square. Okay, these are going to form layers like, that I like to basically um, crisscross around so that it forms like a really nice pattern um, in the muffin case, almost like a flower. So I'll show you what I mean in a sec, I'll talk you through that. So I'm just chopping them. And then what we're gonna do, we're gonna use butter um, almost to laminate in between the layers, just to make sure that this is lovely and rich because I don't want to have some Spartan kind of canapé here when I've got such a good quality cheese. A little bit of good quality butter is gonna make all the difference. So I've got all of these lovely sheets feel it now and then what you do you take a brush and you get some butter just to brush into the base of the muffin tray again that's looking great this will stop it from sticking make it easier to get out but also just really make sure that when it bakes again 200 degrees nice high temperature for the oven it's going to work wonders so the next step is making your parcel out of phyllo so one sheet goes in and then you repeat, just twisting it round sort of 90 degrees so it starts to form a, a petal almost sticking out over the top and just keep doing that. And then when it dries out, just add a little more butter just so it all sticks, keeps it nice and glossy. And repeat that for a dozen different cases. And then I'm going to pop in the fig, thyme and brie. So I've got all of the phyllo cases lined now, a little bit of butter in between just to enrich it when it bakes. I'm now popping in a slice of fig into each one of them. It's a quarter of a fig per portion, but depends on the size of the figs, just make sure you're generous. Um, so that's all going in. And then three or four lovely little bits of this Cotswold Brie organic cheese tastes delicious. It's taking every ounce of restraint I can not to eat it all as I'm cooking here. That's all going in. You want enough so that it melts, coats the fig, and then we're going to finish this when it comes out of the oven with a drizzle of honey. It's going in 200 degrees for 10 minutes and then finish with some smoked sea salt flakes and some honey. Okay, so these look absolutely gorgeous. I'm just putting a little pinch of smoked sea salt 
and then plating these up, ready to serve with a gorgeous drop of this Pinot Noir Rosé from Sharpham. We've got the best of British here. We've got Cotswold Organic Brie Cheese. We've got awesome Rosé from Devon. It really is a wonderful thing to look at. I can't wait to taste it. Um, and I hope you enjoy the recipe.